Yes, haha, <laughs> yes. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug, Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jancy. Tim, how's it going, sir? Going great, and we've got a heck of an interview coming up today. We do, man. We do. And, you know, he, our gentleman coming up here is, such, is a guy that we've wanted to have on for a long time, and we're super excited to have him on. So over the past four years of doing this podcast, Tim, you know, you and I have had the chance to talk, chat with many people, including inclu- involved with the Ottawa Senators, either covering the team like Ian Mendez or working for the team like Alex Marchant. Our guest today is somebody who needs no introduction if you were part of Sen's Twitter. He is the former social media guy for the Ottawa Senators turned producer for the Wally and Mathot Show. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us from our nation's capital of Ottawa, Ontario, our guest, Craig Medaglia. Craig, it's an honor to have you on the program. Right out of the gate, we got to ask the question I know all of our listeners have wanted to know. Did Borokop really blow up that old couple? Oh, absolutely he did. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I loved doing that. But anytime anytime I, you could just write something stupid, I always used to do that. Because one of the things we never really did a lot of, and it's partially just... So we didn't have tons of time was to reply back to everybody on social media. So we kind of made it a thing that, all right, well, let's, if we can't do it all the time, let's just make sure when we do, it's special, right? So look at that. You guys remember the Boral Cup blowing up those old people? Uh, well, who can forget it, man? Like, it's such an iconic <laughs> moment on Sense Twitter that it, that will live on in infamy. That will live on with, we're a team, you're an expert. Like, Boral Cup blowing up the old couple will just live on in infamy with Sense fans. Yeah, good for you. I, was four, I think I wrote yes, period, and that's all I had to do. See, and look at that. You can make memorable little moments with... Uh, I think three, that was my videos. tweet. <laughs> I, m- might have been. It might have been, Tim, from all I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so, Craig, I'm very excited. Like we said, we were really, really excited to have you on the program. Now, we got to start off by asking, now, with all the questions we have regarding your time working for the Ottawa Senators, and now with your current position with Wally Mathot, i got to ask, given that we are in the middle of the... COVID-19 pandemic, we have to ask, how have you and your family been holding up during the pandemic? Good, man. I like a lot of people. It's been weird. And uh, and leaving, like, the job I had during the middle of it, like, that was weird, too. And like I mentioned to you guys earlier, like, I'm, I'm at home remote schooling my kid. Like, I had very much changed a lot uh, over the past few months. And uh, it's kind of funny because when the Wally Mathot thing came along about two months ago, I guess, at this point, maybe not maybe even six weeks ago jesus it's flying by but uh i, I wasn't even sure if i was going to work in sports again like i, I just gotten to the point where I, I i just changed so much i wasn't sure what i wanted the season was starting up i was a little bit it was a little weird i, I kind of wanted to do it but at the same time it was it was nice to kind of just watch for a change and sit back so but yeah covid was uh it was for a lot of people it's a challenging time my wife's a teacher as well and so a big part of the past few months for me has just been trying to help support her because what we're doing to teachers, man, is ridiculous. So uh, I've been fortunate enough that I've been able to kind of help support her during this year and stuff. So that's been a big part of uh, our COVID year was just kind of transitioning to a bunch of new roles. So it's been good. I'm, like we said, I sold we sold our house, so we're moving. Like we, everything you could do during a pandemic, I think we did it. So wasn't this wasn't the uh, I'm glad it's all done for sure. 
and it looks we can start to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel here a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a battle in there for a bit. I'm sure you guys had that as well. Everybody did, right? It wasn't easy. So. Oh, absolutely. I know even here on the West Coast, like it was the exact same thing for us where, you know, COVID hit at this time last year and now majority of us are out of work and it's like, well, what do we do? Like, like, what do we do now? Like, yes, we can get SERP and we can get whatever, but it's like, yeah, that's nice, but we can't really go anywhere. And it's just that isolation that really got to a lot of people at times. Oh, absolutely. And you know, what's funny is that's one of the things that got to me a little, just trying to work and do the job that we did during those weeks afterwards. Like, I'll be honest, that, that took a lot out of us just because we you had no idea what's going on. The world's completely different. And it's like, all right, now tweet something funny. And it's like, oh, so yeah, it was, uh, it was hard. It was, it was definitely hard to get through, but I like that we're starting to see kind of some progress being made and we're getting back. Sports are back, right? We're, we're, it's not the same without fans there and everything, but at least we're, we're getting, we're slowly getting back there. You can start to see the progress. One of the great things about doing this show, especially when we get the chance to chat with somebody new who we've never had on the show before, is we get to learn a little bit about said person. For as known you are, as known as you are among Sen's Twitter, for your work with the team and with the Wallet of Thought show, many of us really don't know much about yourself outside the content we saw on social media. I actually would love to hear your backstory, like your educational background, what you were doing sure. career-wise prior to your role working with Ascends in social media. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, for me, it starts back in university. Uh, so I did. Uh, I have a degree from um, Brock in sports management, same program as uh, Leafs GM Kyle Dubas. He's just using his a little differently than I'm using mine. So I, to be honest with you, the only reason I took sports management in, in university was I didn't think I'd be able to – I wasn't really interested in – anything else at university and I wanted to go get a degree or, uh, so once I kind of heard, okay, it's basically it's business, but everything's sports themed. I was like, okay, I can probably pay attention to that for a couple of years. So I did that. So I got my bachelor in that. I decided not to go the honors route and do that stuff. And I actually, uh, went and got a postgrad, uh, at Niagara college. So basically in what is digital media today, I have a post postgrad in that, which, uh, which has been pretty beneficial. And I think that really, kind of encapsulates the the way that I've decided to kind of go in my career, which is being able to do a bit of both, right? Being able to plan, but also execute, right? Come up with the idea and see it through. And so that's, to be honest with you, that's all I ever did with, with the Ottawa Centers, which is just try and kind of in-house and, and take care of many things as possible. It's not the best way to do things uh, all the time, but when, when you're on a budget and resources are kind of limited, uh, being somebody that can do a bit of everything and some of those things pretty well, uh, it served me pretty well uh, with, with my time in the Ottawa Centers. So, uh, but before we get to there, um, Right out of school, I took a job. Uh, it was with Cognos, who eventually got bought by IBM. And I would say that was that was probably the last job I took strictly for a paycheck. And ironically, like I I didn't even make that much. <laughs> this was in 2005, right? So 16 years ago, uh, that was the most I ever made at a job, <laughs> pretty much. So ever since then, I, I, I couldn't do it. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to punch the clock. I, I, I wanted to love my job. So I actually did a year, year and a half maybe with um, now U Sports, but they were CIS at the time, C- formerly CIU, so Inter-University Sport in Canada. So I was their web admin, statistician, basically like go-to tech, graphics, sell all that stuff. But if printer didn't work, they'd ask me to. So I did that for a couple of years. It was great to, to be able to kind of contribute and touch on so many sports. And this was... 2006 so social media wasn't even really a thing yet right so it was all websites and uploading that stuff and and, and webcasting and so it was great it was a lot of fun uh, learned a ton um, and I 
transferred from there to the Ottawa Senators. Actually, I did two tours of duty with the Ottawa Senators. The first time around, I started as a webmaster, and this was summer of 2007, so approximately one month after they lost the Stanley Cup Finals to Anaheim. They decided to uh, hitch their wagon to me, and I took it the rest of the way. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, obviously, <laughs> uh, if you're looking for where the downfall might have started, it's pretty easy to point to. But uh, I, So I did that job for a while, and actually that's where I started getting into social media a little bit. Uh, they needed somebody to run the Facebook pages and run the inter, run the Instagram or Twitter, those little bits in here and there, and uh, find ways to monetize them. So I slowly started transferring into more of a digital marketing, social media type role, kind of supporting content a little bit. Obviously, the goal was obviously to get to where I got to, which was creating content and making those things and creating content specific, uh, specific platform uh, across social media channels and stuff. So that's where I wanted to get to. Uh, I had to leave the Ottawa Senators for about a year and a half. I actually went and I took the uh, job as uh, digital director for uh, Gusto, which was a TV channel that launched in uh, 2013, end of 2013. So it was great. I got to create all their digital from scratch, all the social, all the content. And so it was great. It was a lot of fun. That was probably the first time I'd really had kind of free reign and control over that stuff. And I did that for about almost two years, I'd say a year and a half. And that's when uh, Chris Lund, who was doing the job before I was, he moved to Toronto. So they needed somebody that kind of knew the system and kind of knew how things worked uh, that had relationships uh, in the building already. So I was able to step into his role. That was December 2014. And then from there, I, for the next five years, I basically did the same job. And every year it got more complex and the more added to my plate. And it was great. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And, you know, like I said, it's amazing for as much as we know you as the Sense Social Media get the fact that we really don't know much about you pre that. So it is kind of cool to hear your story pre-Senators. I, I do have to ask, though, because you mentioned Gusto. That was kind of like the Canadian version of the Food Network, correct, wasn't it? If I'm yeah, not mistaken. it's a super interesting story because it's weird. Cause, so basically, the way uh, they, they had to explain it to me because I have no idea. Um, there's only There was only one other independently owned broadcast channel in Canada at the time. I think it was BBC Canada. Like So it was owned not by Bell or Shaw or Rogers or whoever. And um, somehow, uh, Chris Knight, he's uh, he runs kind of Knight Enterprises now, Gusto. Um, he, he was able to secure one and he launched. And it was so fun because all the things that I eventually started doing more with the Ottawa Senators, which is taking things that maybe are a weakness and trying to turn them into a strength. The way that it works in broadcasting is Food Network has a monopoly on food television. They, they're the only ones that could be a 24-hour day food television. Um, they didn't want to open it up to anyone else. It's a whole thing. So we actually had to come up with some creative strategies where we played lifestyle programming during the day and food stuff at night. We translated that into like a fun all day food all night kind of you know what i mean so we it was it was a lot of fun and i learned a lot of how to kind of be nimble and uh how to react well to things and how to anticipate things uh, and those are all things that uh, again i used almost on a daily basis with the ottawa senators right you never knew it was coming your way and you always kind of had to roll with it and uh that was always one of my strengths which was um just whatever came right okay how do we fix it how do we make it better what can we do to improve this and so that was really where I started kind of learning more of those traits. you have like a favorite haha funny weird story that you kind of out nibbled your way out of with the senators? 
Yeah, I think uh, the one I usually tell people is uh, like the day that The Simpsons just dragged the sentence out of nowhere in like May, <laughs> and no, and and to be honest, like nobody really knew what to do, right? And it, it's one of those things where I was on an email thread with a lot of people and a lot of people that were higher up in the organization than I am, and it was everything from like, hey, we should tweet this at them and say, you know what, get your tickets here. And I was like, that's not going to work. Uh, some of them wanted to go after The Simpsons and be like, oh, well, The Simpsons haven't been funny. And I was just like, ah, that's not going to work either. Right. So you just have to find these creative. I ended up taking that Homer Simpson backing into the hedge gift, throwing the sense hat on him. And it's a way that we could kind of like appreciate it, laugh at it, make it all whatever. And those were the things that I, I was pretty good at. Whereas a lot of people like it's some people call it like crisis management to a degree right you never know like always trying to find and come out well in any in any situation and uh um, man there was like one a week almost so there's so many the simpsons one of my favorite just because it's like it was what do you do you can't they're they're a beast right they're longest running episodic cartoon beloved by everybody quotes memes everything like there was just no way we were going to win there so it's like let's acknowledge that it's a joke and have fun with it and be in on the joke and help take it back right instead it just if you don't do that it just it's like a wildfire right you never know where it's going to burn to in december 2014 you became a content producer for the senators after working as a digital publisher and webmaster for the team like you mentioned Mm -hmm. throughout your tenure in the role the ottawa centers routinely and i might be a little bit biased here given that i am a sense fan had one of, if not one of the best social media accounts in the league from a content standpoint. When I look at like Borough Cop, Road Trippin', just some of the YouTube stuff you guys did, like Jingle like the Jingle All the Way reboot. Yeah. Yeah, How exactly great. did that opportunity come up for yourself? The the like the job? Yeah, like the just... joining the social media team. So it, it came up, I kind of touched on it a little bit. So when Chris Lund left, he moved to Toronto mm-hmm. uh, to take up pretty much the same job, just basically professional tweeter, which was 2014. That was a weird time, right? Because tweets were mostly just text, right? There wasn't a whole lot yep. of video. Like you'd kind of touch on a little vine was just kind of starting up a little bit. So it was a weird time for everybody. Um, so when Chris moved to Toronto, cause they were looking to kind of add a little life to theirs and he's, he's phenomenal. Like uh, he, I've, I've kind of talked about him a lot uh, in the past where he's, he really laid the groundwork for a lot of what we did. Just, he broke down a lot of like, we weren't allowed to sit, call Daniel Alfreds and Alfie on the social channels, right? Like our, because it was such a new platform, right? They're like, he's Daniel Alfredson, he's the captain, he should be respected, we say his name like this. We, So they really wanted kind of like a, almost like a, a standard kind of communications language to it. And he really broke a lot of that down by showing that, you know, we can have fun here, right? Like it doesn't need to be a business platform, like we can have fun. And so he really kind of set the table for us. So when that, when that job came up, I definitely hit him up and said, Hey, like, let him know. And I knew a lot of the people still there. So I think that they were looking for somebody that, and to be honest with you, they, what they told me the first, the rest of that year was like, okay, just tweet like Lund, which was impossible. Right. Trying to like, now I'm trying to find my own stride. I'm pretending to be somebody else. And so I don't think, uh, I think a lot of it's funny because a lot of the content stuff you named was pretty much the last like two to three years. Right. And that's where I think we really found our, we found our stride and our rhythm. And that was just years of trial and error. And we really did. It's funny because uh, something I picked up from our hockey ops team is they love self-assessment, right? So they always ask players, what did you do? Well, what did you do? What could you work on? What do you need to improve on? What do you think of this play? Why didn't you do that? Like they want to hear that you understand why uh, maybe 
so that you can figure out what you need to do better. So we were constantly looking at our platforms and evaluating not only just the this content strategy, but the, the, the organization, right? Like when you look at Toronto and Montreal, like the two biggest competition just down either side of the road, uh, there are a hundred year old historic franchises, right? That like, it's all about tradition and they have this heritage and all these things. And, and we're like a, we were a 25 year old second time around franchise that is all, it's still kind of trying to find its identity. And so we really just identified with, okay, we, Toronto and Montreal, they couldn't do half the stuff we were doing because a, the, no one would approve it. And B like they, that's not what their fans are used to or expected to like, they're getting there now and they can have more fun, obviously. And, uh, it's not like they can't ever make anything fun, but they just, they, it's hard for them not to come off taking themselves too seriously. And that's honestly, man, I would, there's nothing wrong with that either. Like I'd love to be at the helm of one of these historic hundred year old franchises with the history and all the players and the moments. And like, we, we have such a short history here in Ottawa in the last 30 years, but we're starting to kind of get that now, right? Where we're starting to have alumni and like, there's a long time where we didn't really have like a load of alumni. So um, we were constantly looking at that, and we basically said if the Ottawa Senators were a person, who would they be, right? They'd be a 26-year-old who was kind of maybe wasn't sure what they wanted to do with their – they were still kind of trying to find themselves. They probably listened to, like, hip-hop or, or – you know what I mean? Like, we really, we got that granular with it and, and to the point where we that's how we wanted to act online is we wanted to per- personify the team. And so we, we really did it by just kind of – making the team a person and, and trying to fill that demographic. And honestly, like what we learned early on was people like weird stuff. And uh, it was a great way for us to stand out in, in next to these big kind of franchises is okay. We can do the weird stuff better. So uh, that was always, uh, I, I, a lot of that was myself and Adam Wood who uh, that's, we make, we were making so much of that stuff just for ourselves. Like uh, honestly, I probably have twice the amount of content just on my phone that we'll make for each other that we like, we could never post or we never would, or sometimes we would, but there's so many times we just try and make each other laugh. And when you try to one up each other so much, you just get better at it. And, um, that's what we would do. So half the time, a lot of the things you mentioned, like Boro Cop or the Christmas, like those were the two of us working together. And honestly, a little bit was independent, right? Like one of us would do one thing and one of us would do the other, and then we'd kind of put it together. So you'd always try and make something that would make the other one laugh. And so when you're working like to that level of like, if I can make that guy laugh, it's probably funny. Like it's what I want to put out there. People will think it's funny. So we used to do that to each other all the time. And that's how a lot of the best stuff came about was just us trying to make each other laugh or trying to come up with the next dumb kind of crazy thing we can do. Man, I really gave you a long, a long answer there. <laughs> oh, it's a great answer. Uh, one thing I caught in the middle there was uh, yeah. you said that the sense fans, they like the weird stuff. Are you not at all surprised then that sense sickos took off? Oh, not at all. Like, and you know, what's so funny is, is that just like, that just speaks to how, good this fan base is it's again another thing i've said a lot is like if you're ever trying to learn and it's great look at you guys too right like if you're ever trying to learn like the ottawa senators fan base like they're the most they're really they're inclusive uh they will let you fail they will let you try um they will help you along they will take something uh, if you're not doing a good enough job they'll run with it themselves and i think that's why there's so many blogs and like there's just so many people that they kind of see what the opportunities are in Ottawa and especially with this fan base that you can just start making stuff and you can put it up on Twitter and you can make an Instagram account or you can make a blog or a podcast and start putting it out there and they'll listen and they'll give you feedback and they'll be honest and um, it, it served me well and it served a lot of other people like Chris Lund is another great example uh, Haley Salvian like people that would come in they'd kind of it's a great opportunity to learn 
it learn while uh, while you're running essentially so it's um i love the fan base I, and that, to be honest with you, that was one of the best parts about wally method coming along was i kind of i thought i was done with hockey stuff especially the Ottawa senators I, I i it's there weren't a lot of jobs for people looking to make borrow cop memes right like there's not a lot of people hiring for that so it, it got to a point where you're just hoping that you can make the next kind of fun thing to make the fans smile because half the time man like we're there were some there were some tough years in there the last three years I think so if we could find like little moments where we could just suck people back in and remind them that this is what's going to be fun again and don't worry like we'll get there that's all we really tried to do was really just make the kind of fun things to reward because it's such a great fan base and I'm sure you guys have a million stories about the about that as well absolutely and I know that you're talking about the last couple of years have been really tough and I think for fans that's where we really ended up enjoying the content you and Adam were putting up on Twitter and on social media just because it was something to look forward to. And yes, despite what was going on off the ice and the product on the ice, we could always count on the social media side at least being fun. And speaking of the social media side, and I know that you talked about having fun with it, when you see teams like Arizona, Vegas, teams like in the South now where you could tell they're having fun with their social media accounts, do you just kind of look at that and be like, yeah, we were kind of the trendsetters for that? Yeah, you know what's funny is if you'd asked me probably like two, three years ago, I probably would have got all amped up about it and be like, oh, man. But honestly, like, it, that, it's a tough job. If you can find a way to make it fun, and even if you have to – and listen, like, a lot of a lot of times, like, what we did, we didn't necessarily come up with everything. We, we, we would look externally, right? Like, a big part of ours is we would look at what uh, people were doing on Snapchat. We would look at what people were doing on, uh, like – on YouTube, really big into a lot of like the younger sports, right? Like we pulled a lot of inspiration from NCAA football and Formula One racing and PGA got like those places that they were building these fun kind of things. And while we didn't necessarily take uh, specific things from them, we, it was a lot of inspiration and kind of like, okay, this we want to build something like this. So, it, and you know what's funny is it's you, you see the um, Vegas is like, they, is it what I would do? No. But it's man, it's they're getting those interactions, and so it's it's some people like it, and uh, so I used to I probably would have in the heyday defended and gone after and been upset and whatever else, but uh, it, with a little retrospect, it's like it's, it's a tough tough sudden out there. So if you can make stuff that people like, man, all the power to you. Well, I'm sure for them, it probably goes back to having a lot of creative freedom, given that these are brand new teams, much like you were talking about with the Sens. Where, was that like for yourself when you were with the social, on the Sens social media side, where did you feel that you had a lot of creative freedom to do what you've got to do online? Oh, that was the best part about the job, 100%. Like we, because it didn't necessarily work like you'd assume it would work. We, there was so much turnover. And so we, every year we'd have, have new bosses and, uh, no one re- and we'd, we'd have bosses and managers and stuff like that that were coming from outside of stuff. So they were really leaning on us heavily to just tell them what we're going to do and how we do it. And so half the time we just maybe we didn't fill in all the blanks and we'd uh, we 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 had the freedom to make stuff. And some of the best things like we would go out of our way not to show people the Christmas stuff before we put it up because the last thing I want is somebody who doesn't know what they're doing looking at that being like, oh, you got to trim out four minutes or oh, you, this isn't do more of this and less of this. I, they didn't have any opinions that we needed. And I don't mean that in a rude way. It's just, uh, we weren't asking for feedback. <laughs> so the creative freedom was, uh, we had the ability to make whatever we wanted and post it whenever we want. And as long as we didn't screw up and do something stupid, 
uh, we were able to kind of maintain that. Now, it wasn't that way for everything, but especially around game stuff, right? So if uh, Ryan, we want to turn Ryan Dezingle into an iguana, like, boom, okay, let's just do it. We didn't show that to anybody. We just put it up. So a lot of it was about gaining the confidence to just hit send when you, when you think you have something. And there's times when it worked out better than others, and we never really had any, like, massive, massive content flops. We had some bad tweets back in the day, but that happens. You, you got – and, and just I think – Oh man! If you don't have if you don't have bad tweets, are you even on Twitter? So um, you're kind of seeing that now with Matt, who's who's at the helm of uh, the send stuff now. It's, it's he's figuring out who he is. He's, and that's the, the only advice I really gave him was find a way to make the platforms your own as fast as you can because you'll be better off. And like, don't so don't worry about what we did. What are your strengths? How, like, what are the things that you're good at? What are the ideas that you think are great? Like, the second you can start working on those and let go of what we did, like. You're just going to start getting better and you're going to start building your own thing. And you'll see it again, just like people loved Chris Lunds and they were, they were like, who's this idiot? And people, people are going to kind of come around too. So it's a great opportunity here uh, with this fan base. Like I, the team looks amazing, right? The team's finally going in a, in a positive direction. They have so many entertaining players. Like I don't think it's going to be as uh, a harder job. The difficulty they have obviously is trying to do it during COVID, which uh, in, I'm super glad I don't have to do that. That would be a nightmare. So uh, good for them. I, I couldn't do it. I ran out of gas uh, when, when there wasn't COVID. So I'm not sure how they're doing it, uh, but I sympathize. I think is the best way to put it. Honestly, I think the content would have been great if you're still working for the team when like the Tim Stutzlas and the Josh Norris's and Brady's came along because you see them online, you see them, in, especially on the Instagram side where they just look like they're having so much fun and their communicate interaction with each other is hilarious. Yeah. And while I understand that since Twitter has gotten a really negative reputation over the last couple of years, it looks like Sen's Instagram, especially amongst the players, is almost where it's at right now. Yeah, and that's something that I've talked with players about before about that in the past is it's it's not so much sense twitter i think it's just twitter in general right it's a very it's a place where people just kind of go to especially during covid right when you got a you have a year where you're basically stuck inside and you want to just talk to people sometimes that gets pointed in an unhealthy direction and maybe you start talking about people and then you start tagging people or um so a lot of these guys like they, the way they look at it, and I was the same way too. And now I never really blocked anybody on the Sens account. I was, I only blocked one person, and that's a whole other story. But on Instagram, you can really dial it in, right? And you can kind of decide what you want to see versus like giving anybody in the world basically the ability to text you almost, right? Like they have the ability to send you messages to your personal device that you can see if you want. And a lot of these guys, right? They're they're human, right? They're gonna go, they're gonna vanity search, or they're gonna whatever, and. Uh, you do it when things are going well and you do it when things are not doing so well. And um, I think a lot of them just realize like it's not a super healthy thing to do and you have enough stress on your plate that if you can avoid those things, it's probably best. So Instagram in general, everybody's moved over there as far as I can tell. It's, it's just so that they can kind of decide, right? If you want to talk a little shit on Instagram, it's you got to go into the comments, right? And then boop, you're out of there. So uh, I like the way it's, it's nice to see that the guys can kind of go back to having fun. Cause it used to be like that on Twitter, right? Maybe five, five to seven years ago, you'd have more Bobby Ryan's coming in hot and all these things. And then he deletes his Twitter, right? Like that's just how it is. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that they found a space that, uh, they can have a little more fun. in. as for kind of working with these guys, I think an underrated part of, um, both Adam and I was, we grew up with a lot of these players, right? Like Brady Kachuk, we were at his, uh, man, we were at his combine. We were at his 
uh, draft visit to Ottawa, that when he was drafted, his first development camp, his first rookie, like, he saw us all the time, right? And he saw that, oh, man, these are the guys kind of making this fun stuff, or, oh, these are the guys that are putting me in good pictures, or... So you build up these relationships. And just like I can say that about Brady Kachuk, I can say that about Thomas Shabbat, too. We were at his draft. We followed him along, highs and lows. And So when you build up these relationships, so that was one of the things, I, and honestly, that's something I really hope that we can leverage now, which is uh, with Wally Mathot and being able to kind of bring in a lot of these young guys and talk to them. And uh, We have a pretty good relationship with them. So I'm, I'm excited to be able to kind of work with them in the future. But a big part of seeing like such a good, positive young team was what made it easier to decide to move on, which is finally seeing like, okay, uh, the way I looked at it is we got, we got you guys, we got to the draft lottery. That was good enough for me. I, there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Things were looking good. Uh, it was a good time for me to kind of step away. Um, but yeah, it's, doesn't suck watching a good team now for a change. So it's nice to see that the, especially these last few uh, weeks here, obviously before the pause, uh, they're starting to kind of figure it out and you get to see these fun young stories and the goalies and it's great. So I like seeing it all. It's, it's nice to see a lot of these guys have success, uh, especially watching them from kind of when they started. As I said earlier, the Sens really did have one of the best NHL social media accounts with the content you guys were producing. And I know you and your team were really putting out stuff that was really special given, like like we talked about, like most NHL teams just were not having this kind of fun online. Honestly, one of the big things for me, Craig, is like I would love to hear the creative process behind some of the content that you guys were producing because... I'm always very fascinated when we get people on the show, and mostly it's because it's bloggers or podcasters, they talk about their craft. I'm very fascinated to hear your creative process when it came to producing the content for social media. Sure. Uh, it, it really depends. So we had a couple different strategies. Um, number, like you can do things a couple different ways. You can react, right? So if a play happens, oh, it would be funny if we did this, right? And a lot of times that would just be, Adam Wood and I just kind of kicking it around. Like, what can we do with this? Eric Carlson scores a goal. It's, it's something funny happens. What do we do? Uh, and you'll kind of start brainstorming. And a lot of times it's as much as it's what would we like to do? It's what can we realistically do? Because there was an entire year where we were just two, we had two people. We had myself and Adam Wood for about a year and a half to two years. And that, those were some of the, that was like during the, the uh, NHL 100 classic and the trip to Sweden and like, we, it was insane, the fact that we only had two people doing that. So we were we were really hamstrung. So like you said, we had to make it count. We couldn't do it every day. So when we what we would try and do is plot and strategize to have something once a week or once every two weeks, something big, something funny, something different, something weird, um, to, to kind of break up the monotony of what is any sports team's social media account, which is going to be a mix of promotional posts or sponsored posts or ticketing posts or whatever. Right. And you can only do so much of that. And you really need to offset that with kind of, you got to get, give people a reason to keep following. Right. So we took that as, okay, let's master the basics, which is writing and producing and putting out super basic hockey tweets. And let's put some more effort into these extra things. And uh, I think it probably started with fine in like 2015 and that was just because when i got there the sends weren't on vine the sends were uh very committed to kind of the, the video player that was on the website and then the social channels and that was it they didn't want to add anything new they were worried about the upkeep and okay it's another platform we have to feed but from what we looked at is nobody no team was good at it so with like the tiniest bit of effort we could be the best in the league at something right and that that kind of became a motivating thing which is like 
all right, how do we become the best at something? We're never going to be the most followed team or right to get the most retweets or whatever. Like we, we kind of understood that. So what could we do? Okay. Well, we could be the best team on Vine or we could have the best Instagram or the best pictures or the best. So we really just tried to focus on those things and try to figure out, okay, what, what are the differentiators here? And what can we win at? Um, so we were up, like I mentioned for a while, we were just two, on our content team. I mean, typically the average was like three to four for throughout the past years, but some teams have like 15, like it wasn't a fair playing field. Like we were up against juggernauts and we had to compete. So the way that we did that was we're not going to, we can't beat you with like our everyday whatever. So it's like, we're going to beat you with the specials. So we really spent a lot of time kind of honing that part, which was uh, trying to find ourselves, trying to find a tone. And I think the best part and, and the, proof that it maybe worked um is that people remember those spe- those special things everybody will remember that one like dumb thing whether it was like a reply to that boro thing or whatever like they'll if if we can get it stuck in your head then that's good I, and that happens to me all the time half the time the ideas we did we just did them to get out get them out because you can't sometimes you just can't get an idea out of your head until you do it that's what sends tonight was we 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 never got to do that and so it was just like i, I gotta get that out or it's gonna bug me so we did that a lot. And um, so I, I, our creative kind of process, uh, number one, was trying to make each other laugh as much as we could or like uh, or think something was cool. Like anytime you could kind of build something that was different or unique or stood out or raise the bar for us internally, then uh, then, yeah, we definitely we definitely tried to focus on that. One. So for us, it was it was kind of the Barry Bond strategy, right? Like try and hit home runs but the rest of the time like you got to take walks all the time like there's nothing wrong you're on base right so when you can hit the home runs they'll remember it that's what I, that's that's i guess we're i don't know i don't want to compare myself to barry bonds <laughs> i was gonna say craig because i think for barry bonds it always comes back to steroids so i don't yeah, know yeah if... yeah i was gonna say we're yeah no we were not on steroids or performance enhancing drugs we were not that we know uh, ex- exhausted yeah exhausted from uh working the grind of an 82 game schedule. <laughs> so kind of came out in crazy ways. Sometimes you do a lot of it. You just do to keep, keep yourself sane. What would fun posting steroids even be? Ooh, I've had, I, there were, there were some games where I'm, especially those West coast games where I might have an, a, an extra drink or something during the remission, <laughs> just to break it up a little bit to, to give you some, 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 some juice to go back for a trailing five to one in the, third period of a game I played on the Pacific. Like, it's, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't think we had any of the magic stuff, but for us it was, it was just like, you get delirious sometimes. It makes you come up with funny things. And sometimes they're funny when they actually, uh, get produced too. So. So back in June, you announced on Twitter that you were departing the Senators as the social media guy, which was met with total shock by Sens fans all over the place. And I was thinking about this as I was writing up this interview, because you were in such a unique position as the Sens social media guy. And I know for most fan bases, like, yes, they'll know who the radio or TV guys were, but nobody in any other fan base really knows who their social media guy is. And I think it's really cool. The fact that the fans cared that much about you when you departed the team. And if I can borrow a term from professional wrestling, Craig, like you were over, you were over with the fans big time. And the fan response was white hot with the stuff the team was producing that before you departed for the sense. Well, I know many of our listeners would love to know how it all went down at the end. I'm more interested in getting your perspective on the overall reaction you received on social media regarding your departure. Yeah, for sure. It's funny because like, 
I think the reason a lot of people uh, I got tied in because it, it, it was something that always bugged me too. When when I get credit for something Adam Wood did, and it it's, it would happen sometimes the opposite way, but not nearly as much, just because I ended up kind of becoming the face of that. And I think a big part of that was is most places they didn't have one person doing all those jobs; they'd have five. <laughs> so, and those people they would only ever stay like they'd usually. Like I always said, it was an entry-level job that I did for five years in my 30s, right? Like I held up a spot that was really kind of meant for younger people to kind of come in and learn and find their footing and uh, and then hopefully move up or move on or whatever. So a lot of places, right, you get that where there were times I'd meet the, the guy that was doing my job and then two years later he was the director of social media or he was – so they, they were just – everyone else the, was moving so quickly and I stayed in the same role for as long as I did that uh, it just – I was there year after year and with so much turnover on the ice and um, in the office and things like that, that like any sort of stability right there, you kind of get, it became an asset and it was something I never really wanted to do tons on camera, but it just got to the point where like, well, I might, I have to like any, anytime my name got associated with, with good content, right. Anytime we do something good or bad, <laughs> you'd see my first name in the comments. So it was one of those where like, okay, let's, let's leverage this and let's, let me help do this stuff. And I was never the best guy on camera. I was always pretty easy to laugh at, which was one of my strengths. But, um, I think that's why people tied, tied us to it is we just did it for so long. Um, the fact that we did it well was good too, but, uh, it was, so it was nice to see people, people upset, but to be honest with you, I'd probably, I've been looking for maybe a year and a half to see kind of what the other options were. And it's just, that's just such a difficult job to do that job for five years. I don't know how I did it. And it, and it's, I'll say that if anybody is, uh, and it's funny, it was Dave Cameron, who was the head coach, uh, obviously with the Ottawa Senators. I remember going to congratulate him when he got his contract extension after kind of the Hamburglar run and all that stuff. And, uh, when I, when I said like, Hey Dave, like congrats, new contract. He's like, ah, just another day closer to getting fired. I was like, Okay, he's like, Craig, every, he told me every job had an expiration date and that you should know it because if you don't know it, you're going to stay there long past it and you're going to regret it and you're going to spoil, right? And I was like, that's – so I always – that always stayed in my head and I knew – I could feel that like, okay, I'm getting to the point here where like this is starting to like take a, take its toll on me and, and it's hard, right? Like like you, like you keep mentioning, I, I was the Sens Twitter guy or social media guy. That's a, that's a thing I didn't necessarily want to be labeled at my entire career. Right? Like if you get stuck as labeled as the sense Twitter, imagine being the sense Twitter guy in your fifties, like that's not anywhere I wanted to get stuck at. So, um, I wanted to make sure I was always moving. And if that wasn't upwards or to another position or another job or whatever, I, to be honest, I was just as happy to do it personally. Like I've made a lot of personal, like since I left the sense, I really just kind of refocused all the energy that we were using. Uh, to for creative stuff and just kind of focused it inwards and uh, so I did a lot of work kind of on myself and with my kids and uh, it's been great uh, I'm honestly in such a good good place with that stuff that it's, it was nice to get a break but yeah I was a little bummed to leave it and it was nice to see people were kind of sad to see me go um, but I mean man, we had we had five good years together that most most places we uh, you don't get to have a good run like that and especially during the years we had they were, there were there were some tough years those last three years and like I mentioned, we didn't really want to toss the keys to anybody else and, and leave somebody with a mess, right? So we just did everything we could to kind of drag ourselves to hold closer to the finish line to either, I mean, obviously we didn't know COVID was coming. That kind of put the nail in the coffin, I think. But we wanted to get to a place where we felt comfortable handing it to somebody else in better shape than when we found it, right? So I think we got there in the end. Uh, so it was, it was, it's tough to see people go, but 
uh, and it was sad. it was nice to see people were a little sad and they're gonna miss it and stuff. But man, there's so much there to go back and revisit. Plus, man, what an opportunity now for someone to come in and do the exact same thing. Right? Do just do what we did. Just make it fun. Have fun with it. Get better. Improve and uh, grow with it. So I'm excited to just kind of see where they go with it. But yeah, it was great seeing uh, people like people obviously liked what we did. So that was nice. That's always a nice thing. Just moving away from the your time with the Sens, we actually got to talk a little bit about your latest endeavor, being the producer for the recently launched Wally Mathot show with Brent Wallace, previously of TSN, and former yeah. Ottawa Senators defenseman Mark Mathot. With the hockey media landscape in this country being so Leafs heavy, it is so great and very refreshing to see a show that is focused on the Senators. But not only that, the chemistry between Wally and Meth really makes it such an in, such an entertaining listen and watch if you're watching it on YouTube. Talk to us a little bit about how that opportunity came up for yourself and could you have seen the amazing reception the show has gotten from the fans? Uh, to be honest with you, it was one of those things where like I really kind of disconnected with so much like hockey and send stuff really leading into the season, but I'm, I'm human, right? Like I, I know, I know a lot of those players and a lot of the guys in the locker room and the equipment guys and the office people. And like, I, I want them to do well and I want to see how they're doing and especially the young players. Right. Um, so I was, I was definitely kind of keeping an eye on it. And when Brent was let go from TSN, um, that was a bit of an eye opener just cause like you can obviously see the landscape in media and in sports is really changing. And, um, but something that's not going to change is if you can make good content, you know what I mean? Like there's a place for that. So, um, those two guys, they were, they, they were, I mean, meth was pretty quick on it to get a hold of Wally or I guess it was the other way around, but those two, once they, they kind of saw it right away. And it was so funny when Brent called it to pitch it to me, uh, like uh, it didn't take me long to figure out what they wanted, where they were going, what they needed. And, uh, we all just kind of shook hands and said, all right, let's do it. Let's see what happens. So we threw it, we put everything together in about three weeks and then announced it. So, uh, it was great to kind of see the reception there. And I, I'm not, I wasn't surprised about it, to be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm lower on the marquee, right? So if I had heard, and I wasn't a part of it, that. Uh, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot were going to do a podcast together. I would assume it would be good. So it was great. It was great to um, have an opportunity because I mean, listen, I'm smart enough to know those guys had options, right? Like they, they're they're the big they're they're the big names. They're the faces. They're the ones people are coming to see. So I knew they had options. Uh, I was super happy that they decided uh, that they wanted to ha- uh, have some help and that uh, I think that I fit pretty well with what they're doing. I mean, basically, I'm kind of just doing what I did before, but. Uh, instead of the Ottawa Senators, it's a former Ottawa Senator and a former TSN broadcaster. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. I, I love working with those guys. We have we couldn't be more different in terms of skill set. Like uh, Wally can't work a dryer, right? And Meth just bought a laptop a month ago. Like so, it, it's fun to kind of be the tech end of that, where the, the I get to get the very like detailed questions of how do we make this do this? How do we get this? I want this to look better or something's going on with this. What is it? And so I get all the tech questions, which is great. And it's something I can help with. And then to be honest with you, like I mentioned before, like I kind of have the creative freedom to make and enhance and add and build whatever I want. And and the goal is as we grow and get better, I'd like to do more of that right now. It's making two one plus hour shows a week, completely video is uh, it's a task. And so I, I want to make sure that we kind of, as we go and grow, we get better and we get faster and more comfortable that we can start kind of pushing. And you'll see, you'll see some more of those elements. I'm really excited for when we can start being in the same room together, right? Cause right now we're like this, right? We're doing everything over zooms or, and um, it's hard, right? It's hard not to talk over each other. Like you don't get those social cues. It's a little different. So I'm looking forward to when we can all be in the same room 
I think that'll be when you'll start really seeing kind of the dynamic between those two guys because they're they get along great on on zooms and stuff but I think when you see them in person like it's it's going to be different and it's going to be great and that's if we can iron basically right now we're just trying to perfect the um, the video version of it uh, so that when we can be in the same room it's it's we'll be firing on all cylinders well it's funny you were mentioning about William thought and I I think it really goes to show just how tight-knit the Sens social media, but also the Sens media side really is, given that, as you said, like, you could have not been a part of their show, but the fact is that Wally and Mathot reached out to you and was like, hey, do you want to join us? And I think of it also on the Sens social media side, where you see how the fans really are so tight can, tight-knit with, you know, you think of, like, the Brian Fiber Sixes, the Bonks, Mullets, stuff like that. It, everybody seems to know, and they all know each other. I think that's really really cool now uh, one question i do have to ask about the wally mathod show and i was re-watching the eric carlson episode there today of course i think you kind of know where i'm going with this was the video that you showed meth where eric carlson was taking the batting practice i gotta ask was there any i was gonna say because i think the one moment that really sticks up for me for any simpsons fan was hans molman with the oh, football, yeah, the was there any yeah. moment? Was there any thought that you could have done that with that clip? I wish, I wish someone had video of me. I just had the video of me holding it. I wish we had video of me because, like, I had to try and play it off like it was nothing. I got absolutely drilled in front of everybody, and there's a media circus, right? And meanwhile, Eric Carlson's just trying to dingers, so I'm trying not to. <laughs> oh, like, I think he did a that. Distraction. Yeah, I'm trying not to be like a huge distraction, and uh, so you're just kind of shaking it off. But like, I had like. I felt like I was going to puke. Like, it was terrible. Uh, but it's a good story, right? Like, that's a fun story to go back and tell. And to be honest with you, I thought that was the last time I was going to tell that story. It was years ago. But uh, to get to revisit again, man, what a, what a time to be alive. That time I got hit in the junk by a foul ball from Eric Carlson, right? Not many people can say that. It's so uh, it's so funny. I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe I sound cold-hearted, but that is really funny, actually. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, I got, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that that stuff's funny. Mm-hmm. Well, just that sentence... Yeah. I don't think monkeys on typewriters would write that in a hundred years. Yeah, that's what I like about it, is it's just stupid enough that it makes sense. So Tim, do you have any questions you gotta you wanna ask Craig before we head off into Rapid Fire? You stole my nutsack question. Ah Well I think thankfully there's there's not a second one. <laughs> it's just one of those stories. So Craig, again we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule to join us this evening to do this interview. Before we, well, a couple of things we got to do. First of all, do you mind doing a quick rapid fire segment with us? Yes, 100%. I love segments, by the way. Excellent. So for those that don't know, rapid fire was a segment originally started on the Jan Dan podcast when they were at Fox Sports. However, since they have returned to TSN with the podcast, they have abandoned rapid fire. So I've decided to take it and make it my own. So Craig, we've got to start off rapid fire by asking, what is your favorite drinking establishment in Ottawa? Oh, it's the Orange Monkey in City Center. It's this really crappy pool hall. I love it there. I will. You you will find me. Well, back in the day, you'll find me there most weekends. Usually, uh, with about twenty to thirty dollars in the jukebox, and I will just be running amok. What was your go-to song? Uh, I well, it depends. It depends if I'm trying to. Sometimes I will literally program for just strangers. Like I've literally, I've I've DJed a date before. They were there on a date. And I was playing music to try to get them where they needed. I got them dancing. 
there's other times where I try and empty the place out where I will drop, I'll play some bangers and then just drop some garbage. And then I've had people unplug the jukebox. That's a different kind of compliment. So for me, it's just, I love just being using that as a, it's stupid, right? It's the same as social media. I love using that platform, the jukebox at the orange monkey to help program the room. I love it. When COVID-19 is all over and done with, what is one place in Ottawa that you would recommend to see or do that isn't? A tourist trap. Okay. Um, this is going to be a difficult one. You used some wrestling stuff before, so we'll go back to that. There's an independent wrestling in Ottawa called C4. It's the be- it's the best. I go to every – that was one of the reasons – that was the biggest problem I had with my job at the Sens is I'd have to work nights most of the time, and I'd miss these things. Um, they moved to uh, St. Anthony's Hall on Preston. It's the best. You get like 800 people in there. It's sweaty. There's, uh, it's just people from all walks of life. One of my favorite things in the world to do is people watch. So you get all these people coming in. It's, there's nothing more fun. I would say if you have an opportunity to make it to a C4 wrestling show, listen, you can, you don't even have to like wrestling. You can just go. It's the best. It's the most fun time you'll have in the world. If you had to do a 100 meter foot race between Mark Mathot or Brent Wallace, who would you choose? I have to race one of them. Yes. I'd probably beat them both. I don't want to be a dick here or anything. I'd probably beat them both because Meth's knee is not one hundred. I think he's. I think he could probably move okay, but he's he's more built for bikes and lifting and stuff. And I still don't know what Wally does. Somebody brought that up on uh, I think it was Kyle at the end of one of our shows. They were talking about what does what does Wally do for exercise? I have no idea. I've never seen him do anything. I've seen him show up to a lot of sporting things, but I don't know what he can do. Do I? I think I could beat him in a foot race too. If you were to steal Bob McKenzie's phone and you could send one tweet that would cause all kinds of havoc, what would you tweet out? Man, that's juicy. I... It'd be dumb, I can tell you that. It would be dumb. I don't know what I'd send. That's a good question. I'd decide, you'd have to decide who you want to rile up, right? I think the easy opportunity would be to kind of lob something towards Toronto. Um, but yeah, I'd maybe maybe float out a player rumor or something. Or uh, you know what I'd do is I'd probably give it to Meth and let him do it. He's 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 been pretty dialed in at uh, when he goes fishing on social media. <laughs> would you call Meth a troll? Yeah, he's he is a troll for sure, and I think he would call himself a troll. I think like he does these things. They always have like a modicum of truth, right? Like he believes that the Sens will be will probably be a better team, whether it's definitively two to three years. I have no. Yeah. What I love is that he put a timestamp on it too, right? So it's like we can go back and revisit that. And I'm look, I always joke like uh, I'm looking forward to that that episode in two to three years when we can go back and we can decide whether he was right or not. So uh, he's he's smart enough to know that like there's some people that will take the bait and there's other people that won't. And and right now, look at the Sen Sickos, right? The, the, the fan base is so self-deprecating and in on the joke. They, they, they love it too. So to see a guy just doing the exact same thing that they're doing, man, yeah, I love it. Man, this is not as rapid fire as I'm sure you guys are hoping. That's, a, that's all good, man. We're excited. <laughs> so given that we were just talking about professional wrestling, are you more of a yeah. fan of WWE or All Elite Wrestling? Probably All Elite Wrestling, and that's largely because half – those people they were in they i i would go see them down the road here in ottawa like i i don't want listen i'm not the biggest wrestling fan in the world like i went when i was younger for sure i now i'm older i don't watch it very often i love going to the live event just because that is 
man, it is, it's a, it's a spectacle. So I, I get to see some of those people there, right? Like I don't want to get too inside for the Ottawa Senators fans, but like at Joey Janela, he's my boy. I, I remember seeing him his first time he came to Ottawa. This was like 2016. And then you follow these guys and they come back and it's such a cool kind of fun thing to watch. Just like you watch hockey players develop. Like we, I, we got to watch like, uh, Evil Uno. He's another, he's from Ottawa. He's a guy that I, I, I actually emailed with back in the day to maybe do some, um, sends content stuff away that didn't end up lining up but uh like I, I always thought i love spectacle i love pageantry i love bringing those things and man wrestling that's all it is right it's it's athletics mixed with pageantry so they sucked me in at an early age um and and now it's like as an adult i found independent wrestling and it's the best i i can't get enough of it if you could only follow one senator content creator on twitter which one would you choose no pressure. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot. Okay. And to be honest with you, before I get into it too much, that, that I've trumpeted how good they are. There's some elite. Con- I, I, I hate it. I don't want to burn anybody. I love the Matty Gosens of the world. I love all those people. But I'm gonna throw a little bit of love to my boy Gatno Greg. He's he's very much, he's a guy that I man. I chat with that guy all the time. I, he'll send me stuff. He's like, what do you think? And he gets so excited when I'm like, dude, these are the best. He, he's he's a lot like we were. He was just he's making stuff because he wants to make it, and there's nothing more fun than that. And he man, he had a hit the other day. I, I was the first one in his DMs, letting him know that I love it. Like that that's he, yeah. I would say him. He's the way he does it. We talk about it too. He doesn't. He's not. He doesn't have a content background. He's just he's teaching himself how to do it. He's doing it completely wrong, but in, in doing so, he's created his own style, and I love it. So yeah, I would say my boy got no Greg. So, Craig, to close out top of the hour, or top of the hour, rapid fire, there was a, there's a burger place in Ottawa called Burgers and Fries Forever. And when I came out to Ottawa a few years ago for the NHL 100 Classic, my co-host recommended this place, saying it was the best burger place in Ottawa. I didn't think it was as great. I thought it was a little bit overrated. I had got to ask the all-important question, do you think that Burgers and Fries Forever is overrated or the best burger place in Ottawa? That's man. That's a drastic one. I would say they're pretty good. For for me, uh, I'm, I I that's would, it. I'm I out. Go, well, they're they're not they're not the best. I, I've been there maybe twice. Like I don't go out of my way to go there. For me, I, I, it kind of all starts and stops at Beer's Burgers at the Butchery. They are unreal, and you can buy them and bring them home. Uh, they got the grill there. I would say a Beer's Burger. If you haven't been to the Butchery in Bell's Corners and hit up a Beer's Burger, man, that's that's the move. I think. Them and Hinta Burger are really good too. Yeah, yeah, Hindenburg's great. That's the thing is people love doing the definitive, like, you're either the best or you're overrated. So, man, I love a burger. You put cheese and bacon on it, I like it even more. So if it comes from one place or another, ah. but for me, uh, if I have a pick, I go to beers. I think that's the number one question that we've always asked that always stumps everybody because either they have no opinion on it or they've never been to it. I think, I'm trying to remember who the, oh, okay. I think the only person that's ever answered that was... Pan from the Sense call-ups. I think he was the only one who said... Okay. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. So, Craig, again, we can't thank you enough for taking time to join us. So, two things before we let you go for tonight. One, where can the people find you on social media? And also, where can they find the Wally and Mathot show? Yeah, that's the more important part, right? So, uh, Wally and Mathot everywhere. So, uh, Wally and Mathot on Twitter, uh, wham.show on Instagram. We couldn't get Wally and Mathot on Instagram. Isn't that brutal? Hmm. And it's not because somebody has it. Instagram does a whole thing. It's a, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, but more, most importantly, uh, our YouTube. Um, you can get to it. Uh, easiest way to get to it is just through um, the links in our bios. Um, but if you're, if you have 
haven't checked out the show yet and you want to check it out, I would always recommend the video version. Uh, it takes me about 20 minutes to make the audio version and probably hours and hours and hours to make the video version. So go check it out. Uh, definitely enhances it. Wally comes from a broadcast background. we got two handsome dudes. They wear nice shirts, so you should come check them out. And the final thing we got to do before we let you go and it's always been a tradition here on Third Line Plug whenever we do an interview is that we always close out with with our guests either yelling or saying Hot Sam Bacho. So can you give us a Hot Sam Bacho, Craig? I can. I think uh, what I'll do, you know what's funny? This is something that I didn't get to do with Brian was, uh, or Ben, I guess I'll call him by his real name. Uh, we had, had planned, so we'd done a couple things with him and kind of uh, there was one year where he was on with us doing a little bit of content stuff and we got to do some fun things, but it was all building to a Brian five or six Thomas Shabbat sit down kind of Frost v. Nixon interview and we didn't get to it uh, for whatever reason I, I think someone I think he got her I don't know it's a long story um, but that was it was going to be very do you remember when Chris Farley was on Saturday Night Live and he would interview like yep. McCartney and it was very like yeah so we were going to go for a, like a, that kind of a vibe where Brian just falls apart in front of Thomas Shabbat they don't really inter- do an interview that was the goal there that was another one I wish we'd gotten to do uh, but you just want a hot Sam Bacho? Please. Hot Sam Bacho. Craig, thank you so much for doing this. Anytime, boys. Hi, everyone. This is Rod Tugnut. You're listening to Third Line Plug, Samcast. Okay, Tim, we are back. Big thanks to Wally Mathot producer Craig Medaglia for taking the time out of his schedule once again to join us for this exclusive interview. So, Tim, I got to ask before we close it out for another evening, what were some of the takeaways that you took away from this interview this evening with Craig Medaglia? There's way too much, man. Just, I think I was not expecting to get Dave Cameron pearls of wisdom tonight. I think for me, the, the, the really cool thing is, you know, you finally hear Craig's story about him coming up before he joined the Senators and then talking about working with the Sands and all the cool stuff that he got to do with that. And the fact is, like, I've mentioned this before, like, he is, without a question, that was, it was, he's probably the longest duration of trying to land somebody for this podcast just because, you know, it didn't work on his end, it didn't work on our end for various reasons. And it's so great that we finally got him on here. And he was everything that we could have hoped for. He was great. He was so good. And the fact... No, it was awesome. It was awesome. awesome. Like, I can't wait for... Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. So, Tim, do you have any comments you want to make on this interview before we close it out for another evening? No, it it was awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug, Sensecast. I hope you've enjoyed it, because believe me, Tim and I... Love recording it for you. We're on the National Podcast Network. You can find our page on nationalpodcast.network where you can find our links to iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. We're also on Twitter at Third Line Plug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at M901HoneyBadger. I'm at GreatWayGipster, G-R-8-W-A-T-E, Gipster. If you want to shoot us an email to talk about our exclusive interview with Wally and the Thought show producer Craig Medaglia, shoot us an email at thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail. Until next time, guys. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. This is Vintage Jetson. Go, Sands, guys. Woo!